Mai Kako, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the Moana Nui podcast. Today we are joined by Chris Koanui. Chris is a police officer for the Honolulu Police Department, an artist, colorist, and creator of the Night Marcher comic book. The Night Marcher saga begins with a ghost resurrecting a fallen Hawaiian soldier. It's a tale that twists fantasy and Hawaiian mythology with mystery and humor in the setting of modern Oahu. You can find Chris on Facebook at Night Marcher, on Instagram at TAC underscore 808, and his website, nightmarcher.us. As always, we'll have the links for you in the show notes. Uh, aloha, welcome. Thank you for, for joining me tonight. How you doing? Good, good. Right on. Happy to be here. Yeah. Good interview ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm a full-time police officer. My full-time hobby, other than training dogs as well, is uh, art. Yeah, so I do digital art, comic book art, coloring, kind of a whole gamut of everything. Also created the uh, comic book, The Night Marcher. Um, the story was something that I got from when I was a young child. I think I was about nine years old when I came up with the idea. But because of Chris Carvalho, who is the creator of uh, Amakua, inspired me to create my own uh, book based on that, that concept. And so that's what ended up happening is just from that point on, it just flourished. And with a lot of guidance from him and, uh, and from other creators in the Hawaiian Comic Book Alliance, we kind of support each other. We got to the point where, you know, we all helped each other motivate each other to get to that point where they can create their own books. But I enjoy doing art on my off time whenever I have off time, even if it's just for a short time. But being a police officer pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's right. Got to start somewhere, right? I love the um, just the title, Night Marcher, because it automatically like speaks to anybody. You know, if you're from Hawaii, it's, it's automatically going to talk to you. But you know, too, is that with the Night Marcher concept, we have things that are traditional in the beliefs of what, you know, what, what is the night marcher? What, what stories have you heard growing up? Right. And there's kind of a twist. Everybody has a little twist on what they've been told by their kupuna and their elders. Some people say, oh, you know, don't, don't pack your food or the night marcher is going to take you instead of the food and leave your food out. And all these other kind of like, like traditions. I mean, some people started coming up to me while I was at the comic con saying, oh, are you going to do the part where we got to be naked or the night marcher is going to take us? And I said, brother, I never heard that before, but you know, stuff like that right and 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 so I, I took inspiration from it it's not a direct translation of it but i try to you know with all my love of comics i mean i've always been into comics marvel comics dc comics you know image comics from like spawn savage dragon judge dread all these different kind of characters obviously you get inspired right so i try to put a little bit of it of that inspiration into the book because the thing about our culture too is I don't want it to be too 100% literal in a sense where because a lot of people can be offended by interpretation yeah? yes and so yeah. I have to be very careful in that particular regard but you know being Hawaiian I mean come on let's face it there's a lot of inspirations around us you know and in the books to come we'll, we'll start seeing characters like Menehune um, you're gonna see you're gonna see gecko men right you're gonna see the the monokane like from Omokua, a similar similar concept as the as the book you know expands more on on that more mythical um, type of approach yeah? as opposed to just pure action it'll have some lore that like i said won't be literal but will be inspired by things that i've been taught growing up and things um that i, I had interest in yeah, yeah I, I love that that was one of my concerns too with the children's book because 
Very, very similar. Like, I really want to talk about our culture, but then I don't want to offend anybody. So I tried to keep the story. Did I let you read the story? I think I did, yeah. I sent you the story. No, I didn't read it yet. Oh, shucks. Okay, I got to let you read them so you can correct me, you know, check me. If if get anything, that I'd be like, oh, you better watch out for this and stuff. But um, <laughs> I really wanted to have it be, like, inspired by um, parts of our culture, kind of like you, like, things that... Um, you know, fun memories that I have from from childhood, um, and then just kind of like encouraging, you know, the keiki who didn't have, you know, because like for me growing up, we didn't have Hawaiian immersion school, we didn't have a lot of the opportunities that are now available. So for you know, for for kids who never did have that, you know, I, I just wanted to like encourage them to like seek out their culture if they're not, um, you know, if their parents for some reason not teaching them or encourage uh, the, the language part of it too. So I love that you're introducing the night marchers and the menehunis. Oh, I, I, I'm excited to see that because <laughs> menehunis is always like something that I'm like, oh man, I need more stories about that. So that's really cool. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I have, a, I have an interesting twist on the, um, on the menehune that I'll be, uh, it's going to be not in the second issue, but as, as time goes on, there's a menehune character that, uh, just you know i look at it from a science perspective and like okay so you've got this small guy so is he just a midget but there's more to menehune than most people will be aware they're not just elves or or dwarves or anything like that right and so they have cool aspects about themselves and part of it too is through comic books through writing like you've done you have an opportunity to encourage more so than ever and it sounds might sound a little cheesy but differences make us better you know yeah. and and when you talk about things like bullying like with yeah, some of the young kids I talked to, I said, do you like uh, Superman? Oh, yeah, I love Superman. Is Superman like everyone else? Oh, no. But why do you like him so much? Why would you, you know, persecute this person because they're different, right? So that's kind of the, the guiding principle for, for a lot of my, my creation, too, is growing up to watching the old cartoons like He-Man and whatnot, there was always some type of moral to the story. And although, like I say, it sounds cheesy now, it's what influenced us to be who we are today, right? And you got to give credit to that. They must have had some type of formula back then that helped us. And comic books could be that for, for kids, whether it's digital or hard copy or whatever, you know, just a story in general. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we, I mean, because we started with comics too. My, my husband's writing our comic, but we specifically chose that medium because kids are very visual, you know, like it's kind of why I started writing the kids book too, because like our comic book tends to be more for like, um, I guess the rating would be like teen or a little bit more mature because there's like some violence and things like that. Right. Um, and so a lot of the people who would come and, you know, the parents buy the books for themselves, but they're like, oh, do you have anything for kids? And I'm like, oh, not yet. You know, so I was talking to my husband. I was like, we got to get something. I get something, you know. Right. <laughs> so that's why I started with the children's book, but very much the same kind of goals, like to highlight like the cultural aspects and introducing diversity and the kind of stories that we need that's missing, you know, in mainstream. Well, even that, the whole diversity thing with the movement we have with um, Kuki Albana and mm -hmm. up in the mountain and stuff. So all these Hawaiians, I said, what you have to understand is Hawaiian is more of a, a frame of mind because there are people up there that are not Hawaiian, but they believe in the principles that we all, we all try to, you know, persevere here on the mm -hmm. islands. Even Hawaiians themselves, I'm not pure Hawaiian, and there aren't too many pure Hawaiians out there either. But I was raised with, with principles, you know, the same principles and traditions that Hawaiian or Hawaii has developed through the plantations and the immigrations and, you know, cultural integrations. Because as much as I can say this is, this is exclusively Hawaiian, I can look at Japanese culture and say, look at the, the parallels there. 
or the Portuguese culture, look at the parallels there, right? Or yeah. Chinese or whatever. And and so even with Filipino cultures, we'll, we'll go to places and it's like, wow, this is this was a Filipino tradition. Yeah. That, so Hawaii is really like a hodgepodge melting pot of all those different types of things. And if anything, it should tell us how we're supposed to be a lot more tolerant. Yeah, because we have so many similarities no matter where we're from. You know, and as a police officer too, I, I have to exemplify that as well because if someone believes something that's completely against what I believe, I'm still obligated to protect this person's belief, right. His, his right or her right to believe that, you know. Mm -hmm. And in this culture, if you look at it, and not to point out anything, but we have, you know, a specific web or Facebook group that follows crimes, you can see how people are so quick to judge based on a few minor details instead of trying to research for themselves, right? And they immediately become like a, like a lynch mob in a sense, yeah? Yeah, it's kind of like, bro, what, what the hell, you know? Feed, feed your mind a little more with more information. And we're all guilty of doing that. That's just human nature. But that's yeah. just kind of an example of, hey, we got to build up that tolerance and stuff. That's one of the benefits um, about growing up in Hawaii is that, like, we grew up amongst all these different cultures. You kind of see beyond, like, the, the cultural barriers. You become more well-rounded. I feel like I'm better prepared for life when you have um, a lot of different cultures around you, different types of people. My time in the military, especially, was a really big eye opener to the prejudices of our, oh. our nation. You know, it's scary because, um, you know, and I hate to use the word, but I, I was at basic training and there was a Mexican guy that was uh, doing something that some of these other guys didn't want. They happened to be African American. They called them wetbacks. And I go, What's a wetback? And they said, That's a Mexican. So, what do you call Mexicans in Hawaii? I said, Mexicans, you know? Kind of like, yeah, they're Mexicans. Why would I call them anything else, right? You know? Yeah. And so to, to hear that was just a little minor example, but to hear that and, and they say, Wow, do you guys have racism in Hawaii? I said, not like what you guys experience. We have prejudices and it's not really an issue of whether you're black, green, white, yellow. Sometimes it'll be from the part of the island you're from <laughs> or if you're from a particular demographic, you know, we have the stereotypes, the West Side stereotypes, the Hawaii Kai stereotypes, the <laughs> yeah. stereotypes, right? So um, you know, we try not to judge people based on that, but as a society, we're always going to develop those types of things. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I remember my dad told me um, when he was in the military too. Can I remember it was one someplace in the south, but they basically, you know, was calling him pineapple, and he was like, "What, what you talking about pineapple? Well, you from Hawaii, ain't you? You know, like yeah, pineapples like, are not even from Hawaii. Yeah, they were grown there. I had the same thing at basic training. Yeah." People are literally this pineapple guy, but I was a pretty big guy, so I didn't get messed with too often. <laughs> no, I said, man, your your ignorance is amazing. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, especially when you yeah when you come out here to the mainland, Lord have mercy. And the East Coast is, is uh, <laughs> interesting, I should say. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting everywhere, but um, I feel like a lot of people are ignorant because they don't travel beyond um, you know their their community. I mean, even over here, when I moved out here, that you know, I would say another uh, city in Maryland. They're like, "Where is that?" I'm like, "You're from Maryland, right? Like, you don't know that it's in your state." Oh no, I don't know what where that is. I'm like, "Dude, do you go anywhere?" <laughs> well, we have people that live on Oahu, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna head over to Kaawa." Kaawa? Like, what? <laughs> okay, I get that it's yeah, in get... Oahu, but you do know that's on our island, right? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, people, yeah. I've never heard of that, but if we're on an island. That's pretty bad. Because right? you're going to go in a circle. It's just a circle. <laughs> right. One way in, one way out. <laughs> How do you not know that, right? I mean, when criminals run from us, where are you going to go? It's a circle.
But yeah, I love how um, Night Marcher is also a part of like the Mana universe. That, that was really cool. And I, I was just like, we was talking earlier. I was just reading it again. And Mulani, she's so cuter, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's a Tira. She's like, that, she you know, she's not a prissy little girl. She's, she can she can bite back if she's got to. And she has an interesting character development through the story. To give you a little bit of a hint, her name does kind of express what her character development will eventually be. And if you don't know, you don't know. But we'll uh -huh. that out, right? And um, she has a very interesting uh, development as the story progresses because her relationship with Night Marcher is not so much symbiotic as much as kind of out of necessity at first. But then they do realize that they will have a bond as the story progresses that you know, they, they do kind of need each other, you know, and they, they balance each other out. And not, not so much in that, you know, I mean, there's an obvious age difference. We're not talking about a romance-type perspective, more of like a partnership life kind of thing, you know, like having a very good friend, like a big brother or a little sister kind of thing. And it's been mentioned in the first in the first book that um, she's wise beyond her years, so that is also another factor in her in her character's story. Yeah. And I try not to reveal too much in the very beginning. I want her to be a little more unassuming. But, you know, I want people to be interested in reading the books to come to. Absolutely. And then, like, I didn't realize that it was, I mean, this is really, like, two issues in one. Kind of, yeah, it's a big book. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, this is, like, bonus right here. <laughs> yeah. Because I did a lot of collaboration with Chris Carvalho. He helped um, set the framework for the, the script. And then I went in and, and rewrote pretty much most of it, but using the same guidance that he provided, yeah. Because... Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's my sounding board for the most part. And when I, uh, Christopher Lome is another artist in um, in the Mono Comics group. And, you know, I, I use him as more like my fact checker kind of thing. Yeah. He's very, he's very good about knowing, um, I mean, this guy's like an encyclopedia of comics. You can ask him any issue. You can go, hey, Dark Phoenix number one. Do you remember? He goes, oh, yeah, I love this part in that book. I don't know. He's like the chronicler of that, that kind of, you know, <laughs> any book that's ever been out, I feel like he, he'll know. Just ask Chris Lome, he'll tell you. My husband is like that with movies. Like that. Oh, yeah. that. I'm yeah, I'm seen, what movie was that? You know the guy. He's like, Oh yeah, that's so and so and la 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 la. I'm like, I don't know how you remember all that. My wife doesn't <laughs> remember any movies. I said, you know, you have it good because you can watch the same movie over and over and again and it'll be brand new. <laughs> Who was your biggest, I guess, inspiration or how did you get started? So, you know, Stanley Stanley back then, you know, he when they created him and um who it was but they created the drawing the marvel the um or drawing comics the marvel way yeah that kind of um sparked my interest as most kids uh my initial interest started with the x-men cartoons like mm. most people um you know i was born in 1982 so it was at that it was a pretty decent time in, in comic history and such and so i never necessarily read until i started seeing the x-men comic books my parents never bought us the books. I used to always read my cousin's books. So they were never in order. And so what I really enjoyed more than the story was the art at first. But then what I started to realize is that the art was explaining the story. So that's where I started to understand more, okay, this, 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 and how that whole machine goes together. But as far as um, you know, drawing, I drew all my life. And I would say once I joined the army or right when I got out of the army, I took a really long break. And then I got back into... Um, comics or just drawing in general I, I was still into comics but actually drawing again um i want to say i've been doing this for about five years and really the way that i took the, the the big deep dive was through digital i had a little a little ipad and i would draw on the ipad and i was practicing and i wasn't using the traditional as much i was just using the ipad practicing out of digital techniques and no joke i mean it 
my skills skyrocketed after that. I'm not saying I'm the best, but compared to what I was and where I am now in the amount of time that I, I, I personally feel that I made advanced improvements and I'm always looking to try and improve all of my skills, you know? Yeah. And especially at comic conventions and such like that, you know, we have opportunities to do little sketches for kids, like Make-A-Wish comes by every so often. We'll see them at the Comic-Con and say, hey, what, what's your favorite hero? And then me, Chris Carvalho, Chris Lohman, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll jam something out super quick for him. And you can see the look on their face. And, and you know, every time I create something, it, it just it feels like a, a huge sense of accomplishment. And my driving force is always being able to level up every single time, you know. So every convention, I would say season, I try to bring out new things that I, I present for either the art or the comic side. And since I'm working on issue two right now, since I've had a lot of family uh, hurdles lately in, in these past years, which people have to deal with, right? Either you crawl in a hole and just you know forget the world or you just get over it and you deal with it when you can, yeah? That's always the, the struggle in life is how do you recover from those hurdles, right? And so for me, I'm just, I have the support of my wife, my family, you know, the huge supporters. When my son gets older, I'm sure he'll be a supporter. And kind of the inspiration is always, what can I do next? You know, yeah. it's not anything necessarily pushing me as much as me trying to reach for that next level. Always trying to get better and better. I ask questions like DJ Calvicani is a fantastic artist. Chris yeah. Loman's a fantastic artist. Yeah. You know, and I asked him questions. I said, hey, your shape dynamics, your construction, how do you get about this and your perspective? And, you know, and I'll tickle their brain about these, these subjects. And for some people, it's like, you guys are total nerds. Why are you talking about that? It's like, well, that's, it's like magic. It's like understanding how do you convey this so that people understand, you know? Sometimes I got friends, like, I, I really took to the chibi form as kind of a way of marketing my drawing skill. I can do different styles, but as far as chibi is concerned, um, if you go to any Hawaii convention, look at how many people offer chibi. Yeah, if, if at all, it's probably me and Chris Lohman. And I blame Chris Lohman for getting me into that because he drew a man chibi that I thought was just amazing. And it was just a, it was just an ink drawing, and it was amazing. And I was kind of like, I want to try and do that. I want to level up and try and do that. And so I, I did it, and I and I feel like I've been able to incorporate different styles from all my favorite artists um, that do chibi. But also, I, I like the more animated approach as opposed to, you know, with respect to Jim Lee and, you know, all these other type of artists that do the traditional proportions and stuff. I like the dynamic um, stylized forms in, in comic books so I can really appreciate because even in like your book, there's a stylized form to it and it's very um, muscular kind of in a sense where I feel the power just by looking at the static image, you know, and, and it's not it's not just this plain old person standing there. When the person is standing there, it's a dynamic presence and that's that's the kind of art that I like, you know. Mm -hmm heavy blacks, if anything, and, but just the, the forms are very exaggerated. Yeah. And so from as far as art styles and things like that, that that's, that's kind of what, what pushes me. And I always, I'm always on Instagram looking at people doing their processes and stuff, because I always say, you know, as good as you are, if you stop learning then you're terrible, you got to keep Absolutely. trying to improve. Yeah. Always. Yeah. We're really big on that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're always like not satisfied. Like that's, that's really the key to, continuing to be successful is is never being sad i mean like appreciating the the victories and the progress that you're making oh, yeah. but like always being like oh I, I can do that better still can go better well, i'm sure you experienced it with the last comic you did but like sam campos told me he goes you know what finished is better than perfect yes <laughs> yeah because you're never going to get it perfect you're never going to be able to get it perfect and yeah like any comic book you look out there there's always going to be minor imperfections where somebody said oh you know what this panel you could have probably a more dynamic angle yeah, we could argue that till we're blue in the face, but 
does it convey what needs to be conveyed, right? Kind of what it what it boils down to. And being part of the Hawaiian Comic Book Alliance, I have this huge source of resources from experienced artists, people that have already made many books. You know, Sam being a prime example, Chris mm -hmm. Carvalho really understanding how to get those books moving and stuff, right? And and even understanding the plots and stuff. And he really has like a mastermind for that type of stuff. And um, I'm glad that I have that 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 resource and they're always willing to answer my questions whenever I have. Yeah, that's amazing. The the support system and you know, people who have already been a, a little bit further down the journey so they can help you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So what would you say is like your biggest challenge as an artist? I think we just brought it up. It's just being satisfied with that, you know, like uh I've done I've been doing some roughs already for the issue two based mm -hmm. on my script. And it's like oh, I don't know if I want this angle or just being satisfied with what yeah. it is and just move on to the next page, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, but as far as the biggest challenge for me is getting it done. Cause I get distracted in the middle of the process. Right. And I'm like, Oh, but I got to do this commission or I got to go back and do this. And then just trying to prioritize that because as you know, with, with comic books, it, it can take forever. It can take a long time. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, even from a colorist perspective, I had the opportunity to work with DJ, um, Kelvin Kane on, um, on a book for Island Tales. And I had the opportunity to color the entire book. And so that's the fury of the fish god. And Steven okay, Smurf okay. Uh, is the head of that, that yeah. whole process. Yeah. And so yeah. I had the benefit of doing that and really like getting down to prepping that page. I said, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I, and I knew what I was in for. Right. The thing about comic books, it isn't just throwing color on the page. You got to deal with saturation from the back to the front. You got to deal with foreground, midground, background. You got to deal with color theory and it, there's all these different sciences. And like I tell people, I said, with respect to people that pencil and ink, that's a hard job. But colorist, I would say is, is up there because you're really creating the drive, like where the eye moves, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's so important to remember that that's such a, I mean, I, I always preach for colorists. I tell people colorists, it's not an easy job. Flatting is easy, but coloring and, and, and rendering, that's the pain in the butt all the time. But my challenge is always going to be just making sure I get that stick to the process. Yeah. I mean, I'm better at it much more than I was before, but it's always in my head. It's a challenge. Like, stop. Just focus on this. Stop. Just focus on this. <laughs> like most men can can be. They want to do two things or ten things at once. Well, you take pride in your work, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah you I can definitely it. tell that because, um, you know, when we were working on the, the coloring for the promo art that we did for the kids' book, the questions you're asking, I was like, okay, he's very much into the details. Like everything matters. I'm like, okay, me and this guy, we 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 gonna be we gonna be good. <laughs> well, that's the thing, yeah, because you know, like like I, I sometimes I'll ask questions that some people never even thought, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, sometimes I'll do I'll do a commission for someone that that they want to use as an advertisement and ask them, what do you want to be your focal point? You know. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? I said, the center of your attention. Because it makes a difference because I'm going to color it differently based on that fact. You know, all my vibrant colors are going to be in that focal point and all the saturation is going to be there. And I try not to get too wordy on, on all these different words like saturation and stuff. But sometimes you got to think about that, you know. And, and from a colorist perspective on the commission part, I usually tell people, I said, you know, I'm going to ask a lot of questions not to insult your intelligence. It's just to make sure that I'm hitting the points that you want me to hit. Because I always try to make as much as possible an ability to adjust, like we did with the OP. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, you want a traditional? We can make it traditional. It's going to look all muddy, but you know, it's going to be more closer to the real thing than doing it with the, the sunshine type uh, shell, which yeah. is something popular down here. If you look at the Made in Hawaii Festival, they tend to sell the, a lot of those, those shells with the kind of reds and yellows and pinks and stuff. 
So mm-hmm. that's kind of what it looked like to me. And that's even when uh, when Free told me that, well, those were OP. I said, dude, I saw one show and I thought it was a show. But now that I look at it, yeah, they're OP. Like, yeah, but still, you, you nailed it. I was like, I appreciate it. But now that I know they're OP, I'll go fix them. I go, JJ. No, yeah, I appreciate it because I was like, some of the terms you, I was like, oh, what, what are you talking about? But it's good for me because I'm learning, you know, like the kinds of things that my artists will be looking for. And well, that's, for. you know, and that's the thing too is like, you know, when I work with other colorists because maybe I can't do something for that particular time. I mean, I never had to reach out for any commissions, but just for personal projects. Mm-hmm. I got this guy named Dijo that works out. Um, he's in South America and he doesn't speak. Um, Dijo Lima. Yeah. Yeah, Dijo Lima. Yeah. So I talk with him and then I start and we go back and forth and say, hey, can you bump the saturation on this and decrease it on that? Because DJ had a part in doing the um the Night Marcher book, if you look at the credits. So DJ is the one that colored colored that. And you know, I, I did some highlights and fig picked some stuff in there. But it had nothing to do with his technical ability. It's just I felt like I wanted to add something to it and I didn't realize it until after he had already finished. So I just put it in myself. But yeah, you know. I learned a lot from him and going back and forth, understanding the saturation, the depth and all this other stuff. And some of the, the things that he did creatively, I said, oh, did you forget to paint, uh, color this panel? He goes, oh, no, this is the shock factor that, that he was experiencing. So you'll see one where it's just kind of like his face is like black and white kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, you're right. No, you're, you're good. Right. And, and I didn't think about that you know, from that, that particular perspective. But yeah, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. But on this next book, I plan on pretty much doing Zero to Hero for the most part on my own. Um, I may use a letterer. I'm familiar with lettering, but um, I may use a letterer because I am capable of performing every single task from writing to pencils, inks, you know, lettering, coloring. I can do it all. But let's face it, I'm one person, right? At some point, I may have to delegate as you guys have experienced in your own book, that it's 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 impossible to take on that task 100% by yourself. Yeah, because um, when we first started working on the book, initially we had we were looking for writers to write the book, but the you know we tested out a couple of people, first couple of pages, and I was like, nope, that's that's nope, that's not. <laughs> so I was telling John, I was like, ah. Uh, I think you're gonna have to write them, babe. He's like, I don't know, I've never written before. And I said, that's all right, this is your story though. Nobody knows it better than you. And he was like, oh, I guess you're right, yeah. You know, so he started writing and then we knew we we wouldn't be able to do the art for sure. Neither one of us can draw like that. Um, But he was working on like the, you know, like sketches, like early kind of concept sketches. And then like, this is what I'm trying to to convey. And then he's even even better than me with like all the reference pictures and things like this is the the feel i'm going for but yeah it's it's a it's a um it's crazy how many people it takes to to create the comic free and i talked about it a little bit on when he was on on tuesday and it's just like a lot of people don't understand all the different steps that it has to go through it's it's, it's nuts people ask me because you know i have worker uh co-workers that i work with and so i published my own comic book and so they thought this was like um i pulled a composition book and I just started drawing on it and when i showed them i said oh this is a, a real comic book i said yeah what did you think i meant you know and I said, you did this? I said, I did this with the help of people, but I am the, the mastermind behind it. Uh-huh. It's amazing, you know? And so even working on, on, on my roughs, because when I have a break or so, like whenever I might have a little break, I may go and just start just doing the um, the thumbnails and stuff because like people don't even think of that. Like I have one page that I have all my my squares signal uh, signifying each of my pages and all I'm doing is working on the flow of, of the book and where I want people and, and things like that, the action scenes. 
because um, people are standing and say, what is this? And so I'm doing my, my uh, layouts for my, uh, my comic book, my thumbnails, and they're like, is this how it starts? I said, no, the script is how it starts. Right. This is, this is how it begins, you know, and, and, and you start rolling with it, right? And when they, I explain the process to them, they say, oh, it's too much work. I said, yeah, but when you love something, it's never too much work. That's true. Know? Yeah, because I, I mean, my son, I did his, uh, his first birthday invitation. I drew and laid out all the letters and everything like that all on my own. Um, and you know, he's a cute kid, so it wasn't hard to put him in there and then get it, you know, in the right spot because he takes really good pictures. So I was able to, to put that kind of stuff together and, and, and people say, well, how'd you do that? They thought I just, you know, put some things together. I said, no, I drew every element in that, in that, that, that invitation. They said, you drew that? I said, yeah, I drew everything. I drew the background. I drew the, the character, you know, I took, uh, I use reference, but mm -hmm. I hand drew everything, you know, and they're like, oh, I, I never thought it was that much work. It just looks like so easy. And I said, well, that's, isn't that what the, you know, we, we make it look easy, but people don't think about how hard it actually is. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, even like, if you look at Chris Carvalho's books from the beginning till now, mm. I mean, they just get better and better and better, you know, just, and it's that experience that he knows what he wants now, you know, and, and now it's just a matter of just do it, mm -hmm. just do it. And I try to support the brother any way I possibly can with my own personal skills. Cause I owe a lot, a lot to him because I never would have gotten involved in this had I not linked up with him. And he's a good brother in HPD too. We're both policemen, so even even more so, we get along we get along well. Yeah, Absolutely. I did try to to make it out to more conventions if at all possible, but I'm kind of stuck to the Oahu ones. Uh huh. Um, I've been to the Hawaii Con and Maui Con before. Unfortunately, probably won't make it this year. Uh, this year, I hope to be able to make it next year with planning and stuff like that. Cause those are amazing conventions as well. Really getting to hang out with the boys and, and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's good times for sure. Oh, we had uh, we, a couple of them came to the Kauai Comic Con. And yeah. uh, was Sam Campos and uh, DJ Dwayne was there. Well, Aswan it was good fun. We had good yeah. fun at Con. I know that was the first one. So I'm kind of looking forward to maybe I can hopefully make it the, the next one out there. Yep. I don't think he get exact date yet, but he's still looking for for summer next year. So I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm like, yeah, get party. Long time. <laughs> Count me in. Put put me down. Put my name down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I make it, but I'll go be there though. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how I did this year. I was like, ah, uh, babe, they make they get one con, and Aaron said he get a table for me. He's like, oh, then you should go. I was like, okay, right on. I'm going then. <laughs> I say I don't know how I go in, but I go. <laughs> Catch on boat, just paddle over there. I was like, oh, you gotta support the home con. Yeah, I know it's starting to pick up. I mean, you know, we we only recently had like real mainstream cons, like the Amazing Comic Con and and uh, and Honolulu Comic Con and Kauai Con's been around for a while, but it's not necessarily comic oriented. Mm -hmm. But you know, those those conventions have been around, and now that there's the mainstream Comic Cons, like everyone. Like I got friends that I've been encouraging to go. Why don't you just go and look and see? And yeah. they go and they're like, wow, this is amazing. It's like everything that I love is in one place. I told <laughs> them, I said, I wasn't joking, dude. I was serious. You, you got to go take a look, you know? Yeah, Disneyland for adults. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. So whenever <laughs> I get up you know, to the cons, I always got to stop by the Fiable first and say, man, you guys look awesome. You know, I'm a Boba Fett. Boba Fett is like my number one Star Wars guy. Yeah. Darth Maul's a, a close second, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Boba Fett is is definitely my number one uh, guy. If you come into my man cave, you're gonna see Boba Fett stuff all over the place. Oh my god! Yeah, 
Boba Did Fett you see the, um, the preview for the Mandalorian? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, God. I saw that too. I'm so excited. I'm like, shut I know. <laughs> I know. I told my wife, I said, we got to subscribe to the Disney thing. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, the Disney Plus. We got to subscribe. She goes, no, we don't need it. I was like, oh, we need. <laughs> Just for that. <laughs> yeah. Just for that show. <laughs> and they, they have other stuff coming out too. They have some Marvel Marvel uh, spinoffs coming out too that are on there as well. Because they moved everything off of Netflix. When I saw that grab, I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna move it to their own streaming. That's that's what they're doing. Well, they use Netflix as a way a launch pad to see if yeah, we're gonna get them out. <laughs> yeah, and that's because cool. of the volume, they're like, hey, we're gonna open our own channel. Oh, yeah, of course you are. Of course you are, Disney. Of course you are. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I love it. I love it. Cause especially because the movies is like, eh. And I'm not, not so excited about the way they're taking the universe um, in the in the, in the the movies. But when I saw that Mandalorian, I was like, okay, you might be restoring my faith. You might be restoring yeah. my faith. <laughs> There's hope. There's hope. I mean, I don't know what this Rise of Skywalker is going to be like, but I'm like, okay. Ray's evil now. We all know that. The cat's out of the bag. Yeah, right. She went to the dark side because she's using a red lightsaber. Interesting, you know, construction of it but i'm like hey i'm open-minded I'll, I'll let you know i'll let it soak in i don't absolutely love the ones that disney made but because i'm a star wars fan i'm like you give I it, it. it yeah <laughs> i give it a chance okay well i think we're getting close to 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 the end i know you yeah. get another commitment so let me see um okay one good one for the end what advice would you give to a young aspiring artist draw every day you really got to draw every single day. And so one of the biggest things for me growing up was when I created a character, I created a backstory. I created a history. Where they're from, why are they doing what they do, why do they look like they do, why can't they do what they do? And that's basically, it's like you're opening parts of your brain to be able to think like that. Oddly enough, that background and thinking like that helps me as a police officer in my investigations because when I look at an individual, now I start thinking about why, what motivates this individual to do what they do. So it helps you in other ways, but draw, just draw, 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 but don't just draw the same things over and over again because people tend to stick to things they're comfortable with. I don't like drawing women because women come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and different stuff, And but I will draw women because I know I'm not 100% comfortable with drawing women. And that's with men, we tend to have that difficulty drawing women. And some women can't draw women either as effectively. Yeah. So I practice, I try to practice a lot drawing the female figure and, and whatnot, because let's face it, you can't have a world full of only men. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why comics um, are still tend to be, as like in the fan base, still yeah. tend to be very male dominated because it's not a lot of um, females leading from the front. Like, I think that's why Sister Shark is doing really good. I love that character. <laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> and then the, um, I just got, Alika sent me Baby Shark, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cute. So that's Sean. Sean's doing work on, on, on our project, too. So I'm yeah. like, I have all these, like, these powerhouses on my project. I love it. Um, and I'm so excited that you guys are, like, you know, willing to come on and, and talk story because I want everybody else to know about you guys, too. Thank you. We appreciate it. We definitely do. <laughs> We're going to keep doing this. This is going to be amazing. This is just the beginning. So where can people follow you online? So um, my main site on Facebook is the art or um, Instagram is the art of Chris Kohanui. Okay. I can usually, that's kind of my main social media. Um, my Facebook one is more, uh, it's just under Chris Kohanui, but it's more towards uh, my own personal and family and friends and things like that. But 
as far as the comic side and my art side, it's always going to be the art of Chris Cornley on Instagram. Um, and are you open for commissions? Yes, I currently am open for commissions. I just finished um, a couple of them already, so should be uh, good to go. Super amazing. And if you would like to commission him or talk story about doing some potential work with him, you can check him out on social media at the art of Chris Koanui. Oh, and one thing I wanted to mention, Chris, your illustrator is actually this, um, what you call Alexander. He actually did our second issue of our book too. Right on. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really talented. So, okay, right on. Mahalo, Chris. Okay. All right, bye. Okay. Say you. aloha to your from us and uh, have a good one. Aloha. Take aloha. care. See you guys next time. So, okay. Take care, you guys. Aloha. Ahui ho. Malamo pono. Bye-bye.